Record better audio anywhere with Motive Digital Microphones from Shure. Easy-to-use options like the MV88 plug directly into your phone or computer and include a free app. Create studio-quality sound for podcasts, music, and videos. Visit Shure.com to learn more. Follow me, alcohol that my pop swallow bottle me. No apology, I walk with a bold on my shoulder. It's a listen. I'm a colder soldier, hold the same fight that made Martin Luther the king. Man, I love this song. Go ahead, engineer, let that thing ride for a little bit longer. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another banger, Chew On That radio show. All today is going to be so good, so controversial, the topic is going to be hot, the guest is going to be amazing, the co-host is always doing what they do. Listen, right now I'm going to do my community empowerment segment, but I'm going to do it a little different. Engineer, you can me. Listen, do something. What I'm going to do today is I'm going to talk to you about my community, my people. And uh, this don't include no other race, but right now I just want to talk to my race uh, due to some things that's going on. Listen, you know, I got a meeting coming up September 8th, man, um, trying to get these, these uh, some black leaders to rise up give direction to the whole black community all across America on um, bettering ourselves, bettering our future, healing each other, hope being each other, uh, having each other's back, being being strong together, loving each other again, helping each other through the struggle, stop hating on one another and fighting against each other and come together as one unit and do this thing for real, man. You know, shout-outs. I want to give a shout-out to... A good friend of mine, man, he's 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 been supportive of me. Uh the reason why I even do radio, uh, my man Zoe Williams, he got his own uh radio show um on T Radio V, that's radio N T V. Um the Zoe What Morning shows on Mondays, uh eleven PM to one PM uh West Coast time and East Coast time that's two PM to four. Listen, check him out, man. He is he is definitely a good person to help lead the black community. Also, a man that uh, another man that I highly respect is my man Tyreek Nasheed. This dude 
Listen, if you in Ferguson, you need to listen to what he's saying. Chill out with the protesting and do the recall for Mike, man. Because you're doing all this protesting, but if the same people in power are still in power, ain't nothing going to change. Listen to what this man is. This man told you what to do to get the National Guard out of your place, and the National Guard is out of your place. Listen to him, man. He has his own radio show, too. But listen, I had to get that off my chest. We as a people got to come together. We got to stop fighting each other. We got to love each other. We got to love. Love breaks hate, period. Um. And we got to love by any means necessary. Uh, shout out to uh, Mike Brown's family. We uh, we watched uh, the funeral online, live. Um, I want to say that um, I, I respect y'all. Y'all strong. Keep your heads up. You know, Mike won't ever be forgotten. Um, you need anything. You need anything, any way to help. If you need some words of comfort or anything, find me. I'm here for you. Um, even if I got to fly out to Ferguson and give you a hug, and that's all you need, man. I'm here for you. Um, for his father, you know, it hurt me as a father myself to see the tears stream down your face like that, man. It showed that you was involved in your child's life. It shows that you had an awesome relationship with your son, and I commend you for that. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to take a quick two-minute break. When we come back, we're going to jump right into the topic. But I had to get this seriously off my chest, man, because it's been eating me up. But um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, another banger, another exclusive topic. And you ain't going to want to miss the special guest that I got on my show today. Woo! Chew on that, baby. We out. Fatherly role, my story like yours, yo, gotta be told. Trying to make it from a gangster to a golly role. Red throws of stone slaves, the Jewish people in cold cage. Hate has no color or age, flip the page. Now my race became freedom, right? Dreams in the dark, they far, but I can see them. I believe in heaven more than hell. Blessings more than jail, in the ghetto, let love prevail. With a story to tell, my eyes see the glory and well. The world waiting for me to yell. I have a dream. I got a dream. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Chew on that. Oh, man, if you just tuning in, the number to dial is 607-203-5420. I'm not going to introduce the topic of the day yet. I want to uh, introduce my panel, my special guest, my co-host. You know me. Follow me on Twitter at Randy Chew. Find me on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Randy Chu and the number two right after that. I'm there. Um, you know, get at me, man. We always responding. And my lovely co-host that y'all have been introduced to, 
Um, she goes by Lady J, but I'm going to let her go ahead and introduce herself. Lady J, tell them who you are. Well, 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 good evening. Good evening, everybody. I am Lady J. You can follow me on Twitter, Mrs. Underscore Holly. And I'm just here supporting Randy. <laughs> and my special guest, who's been on my show twice already, and I had to bring her back. It's just the, the, the way that we uh, work together, we, we correlate together, is amazing. No other than the men's advocate herself, Linda, but I'm going to call her DT. Introduce yourself to the people. Well, well, well. How you doing, Randy? So nice to be back on the show again. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> awesome. All right. So like you said, I'm the Men's Advocate. You can find me on themensadvocate.com. You can follow me on Twitter. My initials are DT4M. That's the letter D. The letter T stands for dating tips for the number 4M, like men, dating tips for men. So let's get cracking. I can't wait to be here. <laughs> Listen, that book, oh, my goodness. I know you've been begging, you've been begging me to tell you how I feel about the book, but I'm I'm not going to tell you on the air. I'm going to let you know when we finish though. But that book is good. I'm you you actually impressed me. I'm I'm shocked. I you know, when I look at your picture, I'm like there's no way this lady wrote this book. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but but no, it it to be honest, it is is good, and I think a lot of people need to get it and read it. But Thank moving you. on. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I hope you write a couple of words on the Amazon site so other uh, readers can can look at your words and say, okay, well, it's good enough for Randy. It's good enough for me. I got you. you I got you. You know, I'm gonna stop procrastinating. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna have it done <laughs> before Thursday morning. I'm gonna have it done for you. I've been procrastinating. I admit. But um, All right. listen, for everybody out there, the topic of today is going to be something that I think we all need to talk about. Mm. What is sexy? What is it? That is the topic of the day, and I have questions to go along with it, and I'm going to ask those questions right now. Mind you, I'm going to ask these questions, not looking for the answer right away. I'm asking these questions to bait you up and warm you up for the hot discussion we're going to have. So with that being said, let me ask these questions. What is true beauty? That's question one. Why does sexy have to be naked people? Wow. When we think about sexy, we the first thing that comes to our mind is a half-naked woman or a half-naked man. Why is that? Yeah. Are we people... Are we a people that is stimulated by lust or by love, 607-203-5420. Call in and give your comments. Listen, does your definition of sexy stem from your upbringing, or did you create it on your own? And if you created it, then what influenced you? (laughs) (laughs) Are women only as good as their looks? Really? (laughs) Six zero seven two zero three five four two zero. 
You're going to get some people mad on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Do we marry for image or for love? Mm. Ooh, I'm telling you, these are, this is, ooh, I'm hoping that y'all women are going to call in and yell at me. I'm waiting. I'm waiting because I got the men's advocate on my side today, baby. So go ahead and come at me if you want to. <laughs> Has the pressure of image keeping become the source of divorce or the reason why we stay in abusive relationships? 607-203-5420. Linda, I need you. Talk to me. What are, you, what are your thoughts, expressions? Ah, let's get into the subject. And tell the truth, Linda. What is sexy? <laughs> As always. You know, I, I think a lot of these questions, I think they're different for men than they are for women. Bring you know, down. based on my based on my research, and I think the twenty-something woman today, the answers are the same, only because um, they're sort of in their experimental phase. They're sort of like, okay, this is what's working for the guys, so I'm just going to copycat what the guys do. But I think inherently, the answers are different. But that, wow. That's my take on it, based on what my research has shown. So what's sexy to me? I mean, just this morning, I had to flip on the old Spice guy. I'm <laughs> that sexy. Now, could I have come up with a commercial like that? I don't know. I mean, I guess the ad guy climbed into every woman's head and said, okay, I'm going to give you a guy that looks like this, talks like this, and is smooth and cool and everything you need. And we're like, yes, we can't get enough of that. So to me, I love those ads. I mean, I could care less whether the deodorant works, doesn't work. I don't even care. I'd be buying it just because I want to see him in in another ad. (laughs) Wow. You want to see the six-pack. Six-pack and the cool and the calm and the confidence and and just that low, deep, wonderful, chocolatey voice. Ugh. Yes. Just, how, how can you how can you go wrong with stuff like that? You it's can't go amazing. wrong with that, Linda. Okay, you okay, okay, Linda. I'm uh. <laughs> yeah, you uh. <laughs> Randy's you are, blushing. You, you are right. Randy's blushing. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. he, you know, he has to like film those commercials all like in the same exact spot, but he's got you know, costume changes and scenery changes. It's like, yes, that's what we want. It's like, the, bring on the lions, tigers, and bears. My man ain't flinching an eyelash. He's going to handle this. <laughs> and that's what he conveys. And that's what I think most women find very sexy. And so basically, Linda, you're saying it's the attitude. It's the, the swagger, you it's, know, in our terms. It's Yes, it's 101, the attitude, because we've, yes. we've all seen guys that are, oh, maybe they're a six, maybe they're a seven, and, you know, maybe they're even less than a six. But you know what? If they have it, they have it, and it, right. it comes internally like from your gut. I'll never forget, I read a story once with um, Mark Antony, and he said, J-Lo's former husband, and he said when he was a teenager and he became of age, his dad sat him down and said, look, I'm ugly as heck. You're ugly as heck. Figure out a way to get people to like you. Mm, and wow. sure enough, he's like small and scrawny and pasty and, 
he's absolutely nothing to look at, but you know <laughs> what? When he gets on mic, those women are falling at their feet. They're listening. That's true. Yes. That is true. And he was even on the show with uh, Jada Pinkett. Who was that show on? Uh, I can't think of the name of it, but she was a doctor, and she was dating two different guys, and he was one of the options. And I kept saying, oh. why is she not going with Mark Anthony? I would have never assumed that he felt that way based upon the confidence and the energy that he gives off. I'm not going to lie. If you look at Mark Anthony, that's an ugly dude. And I'm just being honest. <laughs> ugly. Sex appeal when he's walking and talking. <laughs> Listen, yep. if y'all think that Mark Anthony is sexy, <laughs> I'm okay in life. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm messing. I'm messing. Um, so, and Randy, you can y'all... attest to this. You know, a good part of my book talks that I'd say probably 80 90 percent of the book talks about how to build for a guy how to build your confidence and it has nothing to do with the women like you know in fact when I give the guys homework um, it has nothing to do with the women (laughs) you got to build it within yourself you got to believe yourself and then it will naturally spill over to how you talk to women so yeah well Linda could you Could you go deeper in this question? You said um, it comes from the gut. What do you mean sex appeal comes from the gut? Well, it's an an attitude. It's a confidence. And women gravitate to that because they're looking for somebody when there is a threat, you know, way back when, 10,000 years ago, in caveman days, when there's a threat to the camp, um, you know, and let's say the threat could be, you know, horrible weather conditions. Maybe there's a monsoon or a hurricane or it could be an animal. You know, maybe there's a, you know, terrible animals that are going to be a threat to the women and children. So they want somebody, they want a guy to have their back to step up and help them with that threat. Mm-hmm. And in general, nature made men, in general, bigger, better, stronger, faster than the women to handle that threat. So, you know, we've now, you know, come into an era where a lot of women have womanized their men and, oh, you know, won't you cry at the movie and, oh, won't you hold my purse at the mall and all that BS that we tell them. But you know what? At the end of the day, that's not the guy she's going to lean on, okay? You have a a 9-11 or a tsunami coming at you, you certainly don't want any purse holder next to you. You want someone that's going to rescue it, help right. help you get out of that, you know, threatening situation. Walking around with a so, bunch of moist dyke men. Moist. Wait. Yes, yes sir. <laughs> moist, moist dyke men holding your purse, and when you're about uh-huh. to get robbed, they drop the purse and run like, ah, oh, my God, and they run. That's that's what yep. that's what society is raising men to be a bunch of tight jean wearing dyke men who are overly sissified in their approach in life and but this is the image that's being portrayed on TV and so is the mass media trying to redefine what we have defined as sexy as saying that a sexy man is feminine. This is what this is what I yes. thought that I that I think about when I'm watching TV, um, and I, and I and I scroll through the channels. The rare times that I am watching TV, 
and you turn on on shows like um, How I Met Your Mother and, you know, all that stuff, and you realize that, oh, snap, this dude who's pimping all these women in real life is actually gay. And it's like, and then you look at stuff like Brokeback Mountain, and you see people, the the main two guys, getting more movie shows because they did Brokeback Mountain. So it's like, are we really, are we are we getting deceived by television on what real a real sexual man is supposed to look like? You know, because you know I'm not moist, and I'm not gonna call another man sexy or whatever. <laughs> At the same time. You know, if a man if a man is a man's man, then I understand why women want to be with him, whether he has an ugly face or not. You know, men women want that security, that that blanket. They want to know that if you run up on, if a dude run up on, then they man can throw hands and and can defend and protect. I mean, that's what that's our animal instinct is to protect and defend and attack any threat that we that we feel. So I'm just saying that TV has uh, corrupted the viewpoint on that. Talk about it, Lady J. Well, well, look, here's what I would say. I, uh, Linda, I agree with you. You know, we have definitely tried to womanize the man. But I think because we want so much of it in the man, so I would say that portion of the man where we want him to be emotional or sensitive, but emotional and sensitive of the way where he could you know, hug when I need to be hugged or caress when I need to be caressed. In that time period, I don't want him to be strong all the time. I don't want him to be protective and security and watchful and barking like a dog at everybody that's coming around me. But I want him in that time period where uh, just him and I are having a conversation or I'm struggling for one day. I just need him to be open about, you know, his feelings or, you know, I, I need that feeling portion of the heart to be discussed from the man and that part so I can connect with him. But sometimes it's hard for men to express their feelings and then you only get just the outer, you know, hardcore guy. I don't want the hardcore guy all the time. I want that inner soft side. And, you know, I think, I don't know where we were, Randy, but somebody asked why we always went for the thug guys, why women always went for, because they were hard on the outside, but they were soft on the inside. Right, right. So I'm sorry. What for? What kind of guys? The 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 thug mentality guys. You know the roughnecks, and you know they you know they had a exterior mm-hmm. that was you know you couldn't come around them, but they would soften up for a chick, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they would have a conversation with a woman where they would let down their guard and be emotional with the woman. But sometimes you know that's what the I believe that's what women look for in a man that they can be emotional with, and that that man will let his guard down. And not always be a protective and security guy. Well, I think the guys that do have the tough exterior, it's not so much whether they can be all softy and emo. If if that guy can allow the woman to be emotional and sensitive, then I think that's I think that's a good match. You know, I'm not sure why today's young ladies want him to be emo too. It's like, go do that with your hairdresser and your mom and your best friend. <laughs> like, you know, as long as he's allowing you to be that soft, feminine, emotional, sensitive, uh, if he's allowing you to be that way, I think that's a good match. And who says we need to be the same? True. Very Ooh. true. Very I'm going to tell you who said that. 
the media, television, movies, and the 21st century women have demanded that men fit their description and and do what they say. Not all women. I'm not talking to absolutes. I was about to say, so you're trying to say we no, made no, it no, up? No, no, I'm not talking to absolutes. We created him in our head. But the majority of women, I will say majority, about 75%, have created this man in their mind, and so they go around and they date their idea yes. of what a man is <laughs> instead of actually finding the gold in the man that's actually trying to pursue them. Well, I think that's why, you know, we date because we're looking for him to to meet this caliber or this status that we have built up in our head until we find out that they really don't exist. You know, some women don't really uh, settle. Some women do settle. Like, I think there has to be a point at some time where there is a deal breaker. You know, there's something right, right. that you really won't go for. But, I mean, for me, when I was dating... I'm married now. Hey, hey, baby, I love you. Uh, but when I was <laughs> when I was dating, shout out to my man Smiley. Yeah, Smiley. But as when I was in the dating process, uh, I went through like different caliber of men because I was I had portrayed him to be something in my head. Like I knew what he was going to look like. I knew what <laughs> he was going to act like. He had to have this, that, and a third. But I had to go through the process and say, oh, this really doesn't even exist. Exactly. That's the whole thing I'm trying to get. See, Linda and, and, and Lady J, um, DT and Lady J. I'm going to call you DT. I like calling you DT. <laughs> DT and Lady okay. J. You know, um, and I'm going I'm to read a definition real quick, and I want you all to elaborate on it as well. But I'm going to read the definition of beauty because um, we have, in order to, to define sexy, we have to define beauty because I believe that the word sexy is a byproduct or an offspring of the word beauty or what we feel is beautiful. So um, the word beauty is the quality present in a thing or person that gives intense pleasure or deep satisfaction to the mind, whether a rising from uh, shapes, colors, and sounds um, – or from patterns or other things, but it also it also talks about uh, the inner beauty of things, which is a person's character. And it's actually on Webster's. I'm looking at another dictionary right now. But Webster's defines uh, the second definition of beauty. Talks about um, the quality of character or the 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 quality of what's in a thing not just necessarily what is presented on the outside. Mm -hmm. So are we to so my question is with those two definitions which one does society say is true beauty? Linda talk to me. Hmm. So definition 1 just to recap is uh something that's pleasurable or gives satisfaction to the mind. Yes. Mm, I think we've gone away from that. I think we've wow. gone away. I, I, th I think it's more of what Lady J is saying is that, you know, there's now a new definition of what is sexy or what is beautiful. And I think women are trying to chase the new definition. Now, whether the new definition serves them or not, they're not looking at that part of the equation. 
Wow. Mm. So I, I don't I don't know if it's like a case of you guys are watching too many Disney movies or like what's the deal? <laughs> the because at the end of the day, if what you're trying to chase after doesn't serve you, then what's the point? Right. Really? Right. Right. Then then we're just talking about sabotage. So mm. so let me ask this: Can a man be considered beautiful? If we ascribe that word beautiful to a woman, oh, you're so beautiful, you're so lovely, can, is that a, too much of a feminine word to ascribe to a man if it talks about the quality of the person? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't call a man beautiful, but unless, you know, I don't, yeah, I probably wouldn't call a man beautiful. But, but why is that? That's the point. Why is that? If we if we really that's a feminine. For, yeah, it's feminine. It's feminine based upon whose definition of the word, <laughs> society's or Webster's, because the definition has nothing to do with masculinity or fem- or feminine. It doesn't, but it would make me feel uncomfortable to call a man beauty or beautiful. I wouldn't call my husband beautiful. I would call my husband handsome because ah. it it gives the masculinity to it, and beauty brings that. Even though the definition. It's saying it can be masculine. Right. Using the word, it's just like, you know, pretty. I wouldn't call my man pretty. So because, and, I, and I'm, I'm totally going to come against y'all on just about everything <laughs> you say because it's funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> so even though we know that it's not right to just automatically ascribe a certain word that has nothing to do with masculinity or femininity, we're just going to say, yeah, the beauty is a word given to women, and handsome is given a, is a word given to men. But where did that originate from? Did that originate from media, or was that just something that was in everyone's subconscious, that just like a law of the world that that word is given to women? Well, I think it's, I think it's I think it's in our social conscious. I mean, you know, I think we most of the public knows the definition of handsome or knows the definition of beauty, and it's just like a social consciousness. Whether it's whether or not it's in the dictionary, you know, that's another thing. And then if you go with the old saying, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So, for uh-huh. example, I could I could tell you that David Beckham is beautiful, but just by looking at his picture in a magazine, I don't know anything about his character. So the dictionary definition is having you evaluate his character, and if you're only looking at the surface, they kind of don't, like, go hand in hand. So, like, you don't know the person's character. Right, right. And sometimes, you know, conversely, have you ever met somebody and they might not be classically beautiful, but their character is just so genuine that you give them, like, two, three points more because the inner character is so beautiful. So let you know me what I'm let me ask you this, uh, DT. Your husband mm-hmm. did he win you because he was handsome, or did he win <laughs> you because of his character, or was it both? Uh, I'm gonna go with fourth C from my book. Um, I, it's it's the character for me, and and because that's I tell I say in my book that you know the players have second C and third C, which is to, to, to connect with you is the second C, and caring is the third C. But right. what the players don't have versus what a good guy does have is they don't have character. 
Right. So you can't right. trust them as far as you can throw a rock. Exactly. So, right. um, you know, what attracted me to him, yes, I mean, physically he was my type. You know, you start with that. But right. in order to continue to go on dates, the guy's got to have, you know, the person for me has to have something more than just, you know, his outside. It's like what mm-hmm. is the inside? Right, because, right. you know, gravity happens, the outside will drop it at some point in time. But you want to <laughs> know that they have a good heart. You want to know that the character is there. You want to know that, you know, is he lying and cheating and stealing and, like, doing right. all these horrible things that you don't want to deal with. You know, you want somebody that's solid and, you know, you have their back, they have your back. So that character really does shine through. And like I said, I mean, I'm more apt to get, to bump somebody up on the scale a couple of notches because the heart is so good. Right, right. Mm. I was talking to a young man Sunday um, about his, his uh, relationship and why he was in it. And I said, do you realize that men and women, both of us, there's a difference between behavior and character? Behavior is something that we do to appease the company that we're in. Character is who we really are when no one else is looking, no matter what. It's our true essence of who we are is our character. Our behavior Mm -hmm. is a learned habit. For example, if we go to a fancy restaurant, you're to behave a certain way than you are if you went to McDonald's. That doesn't have anything to do with the person's character. It has to do with a behavior pattern that they learned Mm -hmm. and so a lot of relationships nowadays end up in divorce or breakups is because they're dating someone thinking they're the one not realizing that they're actually just having behavior patterns to line up with your ideology of what you think is the one in your life oh wow randy drop it shoot it from the hip shoot it from the hip (laughs) so now let me let me let me let me scan through these questions real quick because um, I'm, I'm liking this already. It's 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 a good debate. Now peep this. Question number four that I asked. Um, no, I, I'm gonna go to question number three. Are we people stimulated by lust, which is just mean strong desire, or love? DT and then Lady J, give me your answers on that. Uh, and people, call in. 607-203-5420 is the call-in number. 607-203-5420. Are we a people stimulated? Because remember, beauty has to do with pleasure that starts in the mind. So are we stimulated by lust or by love? DT, then Lady J. I think we're stimulated by lust only because it's easier. That's our natural animal drive. Um, sure, you know, it's if we don't know anything about the person and we just see them across the room, I think that lust factor absolutely does um, kick in. Um, you know, with regard to love, you know, it, it could be something that's going to take a while to nurture. It could take, you know, three months, four months. It could take, you know, a year. It could take 10 years. Maybe you saw somebody 10 years ago and then you bumped into them later in your life and 
and then some, you know, the timing wasn't right back then, and, and now, for whatever reason, you're ready, he's ready to take it further and see if there's a love element to it. So I'm going to go with just do the animal thing. It's like we are stimulated by lust. Yeah, I have to agree, Linda. We, or DT, I'm going to go with DT, but we are stimulated by lust because we're going off of something that we want a pleasure that we want to be fulfilled, depending on the mindset. If you're looking for something mm-hmm. long-lasting, then you're going to be stimulated by love. But if you're looking for something for just right now, you're going to be stimulated by love. You know, depending on that person's mindset or their history or their past experiences, like, or take, take for instance, someone that came from a broken home. You know, their parents, you know, both parents weren't in the home. So, therefore, they're not looking for something that's long-lasting because they're going based upon what they grew up or how they grew up. Or someone that was divorced. They, you know, they don't want to be in a committed relationship anymore. So, now it's just something for the time being. Help, help fulfill this need that I have. And I want this pleasure fulfilled. And if you can do it for me, then that's what I'm going to go by. So, it's more so what you're led by, we're led by lust depending on what we're looking to satisfy ourselves with, something long-lasting or something for the time period, time being. Now, I'm... And I, I think if we pull the clock back, you know, because a lot of my research goes back 10,000 years, if we go back before the point in time that religion was invented, you know, uh-huh. past 2,000 years, you know, uh-huh. when there were no social demands on you, you know, so I think way back in those days, I think we were absolutely we were operating on our animal instinct, meaning yeah. the lust. So I think after religion was invented, then you get, you know, societal pressures on you like, oh, you know, you can't, you know, just go after lust because then you're going to be a slut or an easy woman or whatever. And so it's the society, it's like conforming to those societal demands that has created an environment where the person might say, oh, I have to be in love or it's not going to work. So you're saying, Linda, we haven't, this is what we've been trained <laughs> since. Yeah, I think it's a learned behavior, the, the love. I think it's a learned behavior. Yeah. I think 10,000 years ago there wasn't very much love. It's like, you know, you know, he would try to, actually the man's job was to spread his seed far and wide. He'd stay mm-hmm. in this camp for, you know, a month or two or whatever and then move on to the next camp. His job was to populate as many women as he could because, you know, there was only like a 1,000 people at that time or 2,000 people, and there was a very severe possibility that the human race was going to go extinct. So, you know, he couldn't have that. So driven, that's, what, that's why the hormone testosterone is there is to, you know, continue that seed. So back then, I don't think they were talking love. They didn't even stay long enough at the camp to, like, even develop love. It's like, you know, they they banged out a couple of chicks here and there over the course of two weeks or three weeks or however long they were there and on to the next camp. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm going to say this. Uh, I think that statement you just made was hilarious. Yes. And I loved it. Um, I will say that... I think that love, true love, you you won't know that you love a person until the lust is gone. The reason why I say that is this. Right. If you have a strong desire for a person, 
Now, I'm talking about in today's world, in today's society, if you have a strong desire for someone, whether you want their body or you just want them because of their position or whatever, sometimes your lust will portray you into falling into love. And then sometimes when you get what you want from that individual, then you excommunicate yourself from that individual. And I believe um, whenever there's lust involved in a relationship, someone's going to fall in love, whether it's the man or the woman. And so, therefore, that's why you have a lot of hatred and anger that goes on after men sleep with women or flirt with them or whatever you have it. And that's why it's a lot of passion. Uh, that's why they had, call them passion crimes, when people just blank out. Mm-hmm. And because if someone that you had a strong lust for falls in love with you, then that lust is actually enhanced by love. Remember, lust just means strong desire. So it's okay for me to lust after my wife because I'm supposed to have a strong desire for my wife. I mean, looking at her, I just want to rip her clothes off. That's supposed to be that way. That's supposed to be my mindset. But what happens on those days when you don't have that feeling? When you're mad. When you're mad (laughs) and you want to rip each other's heads off. Deep down... Is when you realize if you're in love with that person or not. That's my thought on lust and love. I believe that we are a society that's stimulated by lust, but I believe that lust was always the stimulant. Mm -hmm. Even if you put religion in it, if you look in the Bible, and DT, you know how I am. When you look in the Bible, you see people like Jacob who worked for 14 years for one woman that looked good. Yeah, He didn't love her. He didn't even know her at one point. He looked at it and said, I want to marry this chick. So I'm going to go over here and be a slave to her father for seven years. Did everything possible. And then got the sister and was like, I didn't want the sister. I wanted this, this sexy sister. Yeah. So he worked another seven years. So I think that lust was always the stimulant for matchmaking unless it was an arranged marriage and you ain't had no choice because uh, <laughs> your father would strap a bomb to himself and blow the whole family up if you disobeyed him or whatever religion <laughs> you come from. Um, well, Randy, it's kind of going back or going back to what you said about love and lust, but remember that love is the constant affection. So it's constantly there even when the lust is gone. Right. So right. if you really truly love a person, that affection for that person will never go away. Right. I, even when the I lust agree. does. I agree. So when you're mad and when I always say when me and my husband are on the best of terms, he's not my friend. <laughs> so because he's not my friend in that moment doesn't mean that the love has gone away. It's just that I feel a certain kind of way. My, You know, I'm emotional. Right, right. <laughs> I'm emotional about it. So it interfe- that lust is the feeling, that emotional feeling that creeps away because of something that went against how I felt that love should have been if I said that right, but I'm, what I'm trying to say is even though the lust may go away, the love should always be there, no matter how you feel. Right, right. But in all actuality, um, society is is, is built on and based from a capitalist mindset, which means that uh, Give me, give me, give me. Don't come and get nothing from me. So when Mm -hmm. the lust is gone for most people, then they're gone. 
This is why you have that saying, hit it and quit it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or, the, or what Corey Holcomb says, Linda, the offspring of ratchet club women. Those things happen. Listen, I'm going to take a quick break. But when I come back, I'm telling you right now, when I come back, I got another question that's going to be a banger. So call us, call in. 607-203-5420. We're going to take a quick break. Linda, we're going to take a two-minute break. Be right back after right. this. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It's your host, Randy Chu. This is Chu on that show. Um, if you're just tuning in, the topic is what is sexy and how we got it wrong. Um, I'm here with my co-host, Lady J. Hello. And my special guest, Linda, the men's advocate, but I'm going to call her DT because that's her nickname, because she's the best woman to get dating tips from. So, Linda... I still got yes. you with me, Lady J. I still got you with me. Listen, now I'm about to ask some interesting questions, and I hope women are listening. I hope they call in and give their input. The number to dial is 607-203-5420. Um, that's the call in. Man, call in, talk to us, debate with us, agree with us, argue with us. Just call in. Um, Linda, Lady J, Okay questions does your definition of sexy stem from your upbringing or did you create it and if you created it what influenced your thoughts in creating it dt then lady j i think for me personally i created it because if i had to rely on just my upbringing which was super super strict that wasn't so um, for me, look at my surroundings or advertisements or the media or whatever, and it's that that shaped, you know, what was sexy for me. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to agree, Linda. I had to create my sexy. <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> yeah, for me, and you know what, Linda, for me, I am a woman who is, not always dressing up all the time. I don't wear dresses all the time. I don't wear heels all the time. I like to go for comfort, but I like to be cute in my comfort. So <laughs> uh-huh. I had to 
create my sexy and go because you know my mom always taught me be yourself and you can't you can't do a good job being somebody else you have to be who you are and so because of that I knew that my personality you know I'm someone who's bubbly you know laughter all the time I'm loud or whatever but that I had to allow that to come out instead of trying to be someone like on a magazine or on TV something that I'm not so my characteristics and my attributes you know my not my physical attributes, but my inner, I worked a lot on me on the inside. And that created how I felt about myself on the outside. So I had to create sexy, Randy. I had to create liking who I was. Because, you know, a lot of people don't like the bubbly girls, Randy. The the ones that laugh all the time and the ones that are, you know, loud and all that. But because there's a joy that comes behind that, because I love who I am, that created that sexy and that sex appeal to men when I was dating. You know, they liked my attitude. They liked who I was as a person as well as on the outside. So I created my sexy. Wow. There you go. So if... Wait, wait, wait. You didn't answer the question. Did you create your sexy, Randy? Listen. <laughs> you can't get away from this one. <laughs> if we got to answer, you hey, have to Hey, fellas, answer. I need y'all to help me out. Six zero seven two zero three five four two zero. Uh, did I create my idea of sexy? I'm going to be honest. I created it. I had an idea growing up of what I thought a sexy woman looked like, what a sexy woman act like. And I'm not saying this for brownie points because I'm not in the doghouse with my woman, but I'm just going to be, I'm going to be real. I'm not being soft or mushy or whatever, but the moment I saw my wife, my skinny, sexy, white, chocolate wife. When I saw her, she not only uh, fit my description of sexy, but she enlightened my eyes to see that my definition of sexy was lower than what it actually should be. Because when I saw her, all the radars went up, all of them. And I was like, by any means necessary, if I got to spit game, if I got to go rob a bank and act like I got a bunch of money, I need this woman to be by my side. So when I approached her, I approached her nervous. Now, mind you, before I met my wife, I was a womanizer. I can grab a woman in a heartbeat by just saying, hey, what's up, girl? And then next thing you know, I had her number and it was whatever. But I, the way she was, so my wife was so sexy to me that I was actually nervous. Mm. And I was acting like I was looking for my cousin when my cousin <laughs> was actually nowhere around at the time just to spark a conversation with became her. Shy guy. I became I I froze up. I was like, yo, <laughs> this chick is hot. Yeah. And, you know, uh, at that time, you know, I wasn't really looking for a white woman. And it just, bam, like, whoa. And ever since then, I couldn't shake it. And uh, even when she makes me mad, I still can't shake it. She's just sexy. So my idea of sexy has been erased since I laid eyes on my woman. And that's not me trying to get brownie points and whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop. I'm just keeping it 100. That woman is sexy. And so my definition of sexy now is everything that the fit that defines my wife. 
Mm-hmm. But beforehand, you had to have a certain physique. You had to have, um, you know, a certain shape of body before I can even look or even talk to you. You had to have a certain kind of standard and uh, standing in society before I even look your direction. And if you had all those things, then I still was going to pimp you. That was my mindset of what sexy was, was a Coke bottle. <laughs> so that's my answer to that. But uh, nice trying to set me up, ladies. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, so why do the majority of Americans think that sexiness has to do with being naked? Lady J and then DT, answer that. If we created, quote unquote, our definition of what sexy is, then why, and you can't say that you haven't at one point in your life, why is it that we think that naked is sexy? Speak on it, Lady J, then DT. Well, it's because what has been promoted, and you know, and you know, in the ways of magazines and television and videos, you know, just today watching videos on, you know, they have images of women with half, with, they really don't have nothing on practically in the videos now. And they're cameraing the woman dancing right, right. with that. So it's based upon how the world has spun it of what sexy looks like or, you know, il, you know, what's the, what's the, the magazine Sports Illustrated? She's, you know, the bikini, it's, it's skimpy. So it's based upon how society has spun naked to be sexy. You know, they even got a show now, Randy, about dating naked. Did you have you seen that? No, show? I haven't. They have a show where people go on and they date naked people. Oh my god! And literally, they they are basing their uh, they can't say they're doing it based off personality, but they're looking at each other with their clothes off, and then they go on a date, and they find out if that's the person that's for them. So really, they're looking based upon physical. And no clothes on, really. Wow. So I'm, 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 I did, I did catch that show. You caught that, Linda? Oh my one. gosh! Yes. It was and, like, it was, and it's like that's the ultimate test of, okay, what are you going to judge? Are you going to judge the visual, or are you going to go by, you know, how you feel and you know what his personality is like? Yeah, you can <laughs> Crazy, you know, one of those, the one of the contestants now. You know how when they show those shows, they're supposed to pixelate your nipples or pixelate your private parts or whatever. So she's suing the show because they did not pixelate her hoo-ha enough, and now she says the the people, the public, know what her hoo-ha looks like. (laughs) Crazy. Crazy. Wow. Hey, I think we actually got a caller. I don't know if this person is just calling to listen in or what, but I'm going to click on them if you're – if you're calling just to listen in, then just tell me. Uh, the area code is 301. Are you calling to listen in or are you calling to contribute to the conversation? Talk to me. Area code 301. Is this okay. Dre? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear can you. Can you hear me? Oh, gosh. I didn't know you were going to pick me up. Okay. Hi. Hey. Um, well, no, I, I, I actually didn't have a comment or a question um, about the – the topic that you're on right now, uh-huh. I, it was one of the other questions that you talked that you asked earlier about image. Okay, go ahead, shoot. 
So I can wait. I mean, I can wait until you get there, or if you no, want no, to go ahead, go ahead. We go ahead, spit it out. Oh, okay. We good. Well, when you asked the question about image, and um, I think you said, I think your question was like, um, why or do you think people stay in abusive relationships because of image, um, or because um, they don't want to get a divorce? And I just thought that was um, so funny that you said that because I have come across a lot of people who would. I, would actually rather stay in an abusive or unhealthy relationship so that their image is not tarnished. And wow. I think it's I think it's a lot it has a lot to do with um being judged because I mean and I think that's what you you guys have been talking about so far. I feel like we're judging a book by its cover without first you know, without really knowing anything about the person. Right. And that's kind of the first thing we go off of. And so when people don't know who we really are, don't know our story, all they have is what they see. And so they use that to then make these assumptions about our lives and, you know, who we, our character or, you know, again, it's what they believe based on what they see. And so that's why I, I think a lot of people, again, the ones that I've run it, I actually had someone tell me that they thought it was better I stayed in my unhealthy marriage and cheated on my husband rather than get a divorce. Wow. For image. Yeah, exactly, for image. Because getting a divorce was just like, you know, that was just a no-no. You don't don't do that. (laughs) So I I just, that was one of the things that was really like burning, you know, (laughs) burning on my, my mind that I wanted to say. So I appreciate you bringing me in, and I guess I could listen to you Okay, yeah, um, hey, thank you, you for contributing to the that. show. And no, stay on the line. Right. You don't have to hang we'll up your phone. I'm, okay. Yeah, don't hang up. I'm going to uh, keep you on here. I'm going to mute you, but I'm going to keep you on here. But thank you for contributing to the show. Um, I'm glad okay. that you actually brought that up because, um, you know, I believe, Lady J and DT, you can attest to this, I believe that uh, because of what, media and society has portrayed as the sexy image, I believe that that has to do with a lot of people's insecurities. Mm. I believe it has to do with a lot of people's mindsets. Um, My friend Zoe Williams actually just did a show Monday um, on suicide. I believe that a lot of people kill themselves based upon not fitting the image that society portrays. Um, And so... When you when you're when you are in an abusive relationship or a relationship that you should have left, but you stay because it would look wrong to those that are around you, I believe that you are actually committing internal suicide. Mm, well, yeah, I are. believe that you are killing yourself inwardly. Yes. For the image that you have or your persona publicly. Yeah. Speak on it, ladies. Yeah, I think it's the inner doesn't match the outer. And some people were saying Robin Williams, for example, um, he might as well have been, you know, a drug addict or any type of addict because his, his addiction was let make you laugh so I can escape whatever inner pain I'm going through. So... You know, we those even those who were close to him for you know decades and what have you, they didn't know 
you know, this um, amount of emotional trauma. You know, right. Linda. That. Oh, okay. I thought your phone your phone was cutting in and out for a sec. I thought it had disconnected. Um, you know, it's it becomes very unhealthy because I've I myself have never been in an abusive relationship, but when you think about you know verbal abuse, sometimes how men can spin it and make you think that you're you know worth nothing you then tend to want to stay with them because they're accepting you in wow. making you feel like you are nothing. They're, you want to cling to them even more because they're the only one, like that's the, you're the only sign of hope, I would so to say to speak. So it becomes unhealthy, like you were saying, Randy, inwardly, you know, you don't think that you have any self-worth. And sometimes I think women get away from understanding their worth and their value. Right, right. Now, I, I think, I think that uh, I I believe that if a if a man is 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 downplaying his woman, then he's a pussy and a sissy. That's how that's just how I see it. Because a real man wouldn't destroy the heart of his woman. He would build it up, even if she's not if she's not walking to the the standard or quality that she normally would. You wouldn't beat her up. I mean, we all say things when we're mad, but in all actuality. If your spouse believes that what you're saying when you're mad is actually coming from a sincere place and not just because you're lashing out in anger, then I look at you like a sissy because um, a man is supposed to uphold a woman and a woman is supposed to uphold the man. So if you're not upholding that woman, then you're just using her to make your image look better mm-hmm. in public. You see what I'm saying? like. Yeah. Let's let's be honest. Do we really believe that Jay Z and Beyonce would be married if they were just living in the projects? They probably wouldn't even be talking. First of all, Beyonce shape wasn't even like that when she first was introduced into the entertainment. So money had a lot to do with the fixing up of her body be- to portray an image. Image, yeah. And now you got all these girls who are growing up <laughs> that are in the fifth grade. That's about two hundred pounds. <laughs> they have low self-esteem because <laughs> they want to be like Beyonce. Because they want to be like Beyonce, oh. and they want to hurt themselves because they don't fit like a Coca-Cola bottle. When someone in this world will look at that same woman and say, "You're a diamond." That's my whole thing about it. Is if beauty is in the eye of the beholder, then why do we beat ourselves so much? Beat ourselves up so much? when we're not, quote-unquote, sexy? Well, you know, before you answer, DT, I think it's something that you have to learn. You know, I didn't think of myself as sexy growing up, you know, because I had, you know, awkward moments growing up because I was tall. And so, you know, taller than all of the sixth graders around me and eighth graders and then seniors. So you have to go through those awkward moments and then learn really what your sexy is. I think that's what Linda and I were saying, that we created our sexy because for me, I was struggling. But for these fifth graders and these, and, you know, I was listening to the news today, and they said that in PG County, the suicide rate is at 17%, and that's supposed to be the highest that it's ever ever has been, where, you know, teenagers don't like their bodies and don't like what they say. But if you grow up, if you keep, you know, if you have to keep getting older and getting wiser in that you understand that 
sexy, it has different faces. It has different sides, different shapes, because sexy is really, you know, I wrote, I believe that what sexy is is really what's appealing to the desire of another person. Wow. So it always doesn't mean that my sexy is your sexy. Right, right. Like you said, when you saw your wife, she was sexy. Right. And But everybody else was just, you know, what you had an image of what they should have portrayed. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. DT, talk to us. Mm. Yeah, you know, the whole Jay-Z, Beyonce thing, talk about an arranged marriage. There weren't even from the country of India. I mean, this was an arranged marriage by the executives in the in the high up in the music game, you the know, that put that together. And it was carefully crafted. Did you notice how it took like eight years for them to even get married and like another se- several years to have a kid? I mean, this was completely orchestrated by the, the music industry. They weren't ready to, you know, let the public know that they were dating. So they had to date in secret for many years. DT, are so, you being a conspiratist? Oh, my. I love it. Keep going. <laughs> created something right there. <laughs> so, yes, I think the media and image is very important today. It's a very sickening factor that instead of looking to ourselves or looking to our family for support, we're looking for something outside of us to define who we are or who they are, meaning celebrities. And I think it's a very dicey proposition because when you constantly are looking to the outer world to define the inner world, it's just going to do nothing but create chaos or worse. Wow. Yeah, I agree. Okay, DT, I have one last question to ask. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I want your honest opinion on this. You mean you are the dating Tipologist. <laughs> um, has the pressure of image keeping, and this is what uh, Lady J's sister brung up, and I want to touch on it so bad, has the pressure of image keeping become the source of divorce or the reason we stay in abusive relationships? And to add to that, are women only as good as their looks? Talk to me, DT. Mm. Fix mm-hmm. our problem. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to say yes. Like I was just speaking a minute ago, we're just looking so much now to the outside world to validate ourselves. So are there women who stay in marriages because it's, you know, status quo and they're appeasing the family or, you know, appeasing the church or whoever it is they're appeasing? Um, yes, absolutely that goes on. And it's going on more now than ever before because people are not raised how to be self-reliant. They're not raised anymore how to be confident. You know, we're just seeming like we're raised to be a sheep. You know, if if um, these ratchet women are doing whatever they're doing, then it must be okay and I can do it too. There's no, right. like, inter- internal, you know, clock that says, hmm, this doesn't sit well with me. You know, instead they're just saying, oh, she's doing it so I can do it. Who cares? You know, it's no big deal. So, you know, our, way back, in answer to your second question, way back in the day, one of the reasons why they invented women's lib is because women back then were supposedly objectified, that they wanted to be, you know, treated equal. 
um, hello, it's 40 years later. We are, our young women today are more objectified than ever. You know, yes. our, our, you know, our mom's day and our grandmother's day, they would be rolling in their graves um, at the degree that the young women today have to be evaluated based on their looks. I mean, it's just, it's complete objectification. I mean, it takes a really strong woman with, with uh, good ethics and, and a strong family that's got her back to, to break women out of that. They're, I don't see women today being self-reliant at all. It's, it's just, you know, what do I look like and how high are my shoes and how low is my, you know, my shirt. And, and the other day I went to a restaurant and it seemed like there were several tables there where the girls were wearing these short shorts where they're like two inches of their cheeks were hanging out. I mean, wow. like, really? I mean, do you need to advertise it? any more than that i mean like you're not pretty enough already that i have to see two inches of your rear end hanging out really i mean it's just and it's just going to completely like i mean hopefully it'll get so out of control that maybe it'll swing back the other way but i don't know it just seems like every time i say that you know another five years go by and then they then they cook up more and more stuff like what worked five, ten years ago, now they're trying to outdo all of that. So, I so don't know. So if, Im- if, if image is used um, to build our persona or how people view us in the public, and when women dress like that and a guy comes to talk to them and they're like, oh, get away from me. I don't know why that guy talked to me. You, yeah, why are you looking to- at me like that? Why, yeah, it's like, well, if you wasn't half-naked, then I probably wouldn't be looking your direction. You know, it's like, why why create an image that you believe is sexy or agree with the image that you believe is sexy, but you don't want the consequences of that image? You know, it's, it's, like, it's, like, a, it's like a basketball player who doesn't want a contract with Nike. It doesn't make sense. Your whole image is built upon your looks. And so Nike uses your looks to sell products. Mm-hmm. So are women using their looks to sell booty? Oh, girl, I'll throw this on because I'm going to find me a man at the club, and he's going to take me home, and then I'm going to put it on him, and then he's going to buy me this, girl. And then they talking to their homegirls like, ooh. Or are men doing it? Yeah, let me put this nice, these J's on and fix up my car real quick so I can take her home. It's like we are selling ourselves as product instead of as people because the image of sexiness is upheld. So I believe that some people get married because they can't, they always, you always hear this phrase being said, I can't see myself without you. That's image. Think about it. The essence of that statement, I can't see myself living without you. Well, but, you know, a, a lot of young women today are getting married. They're not marrying the person. They're marrying the wedding and the celebration and the gifts and what kind of dress am I going to wear. I mean, that, unfortunately, we be interchangeable with anybody. I mean, she's not marrying him per se. She's marrying, like, you know, what kind of party can I have? I mean, it's really interesting. It's, they just don't have 
enough of a foundation within themselves to even to be able to select a good guy. Right, right. And you know, and I think that it makes me so sad to hear that. I remember at one point I was uh, downtown DC at one time, and the line for the club to get in, it was like. What are these girls wearing? <laughs> you know, when I was going to the club, you know, it was a, a tank top with, you know, some dress pants and some heels. You know, it wasn't, you know, showing your booty and your butt crack, you know, just to get a guy to buy you a drink. It wasn't none of that. So it's become even more sad that that's the image that young women are putting out to get attention from men to get, you know, uh, material and possessions from that. So it's sad. Wow. But wait, it is Randy, sad. And Linda, I have to. I'm going to be Pollyanna here. Okay. Because the question that you asked uh-huh. was, are women only as good as their looks? Uh-huh. And you know, depending upon the crowd, I would wow. say. But for me, I thought of myself here. Right. And I'm going to say that we're powerful, strong women. So <laughs> therefore, we are not as good as we look. We're not only as good as our looks, Randy. Wow. With that being said, you hear the music. We're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I'm going to give my final thoughts. And then I'm going to allow Linda to share her product so y'all can go buy. Now, if she shares her product on this show and don't nobody purchase nothing within a week and a half, I'm going to have a discussion with my fans. Because, Linda, when <laughs> we first did our show, when we first did this show together, our first two shows, I was averaging around anywhere from 150 to 200 fans. Then after I did my shows with you, it jumped up a little bit more. Now my fan base is in the 800s. So somebody Yay. got to buy something. Woo-hoo. You see what I'm saying? But we'll be back after this break. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I'm going to get my final thoughts on today. And you know how my final thoughts are. I got to hit you from an intellectual standpoint because it's the intellect that this show attacks to break mindsets. You know what I mean? So I'm going to do my final thoughts from some notes I took from a professor that was talking about the paradox of choice. I think that fits well in our topic about image and what society portrays it to be because ultimately we are we are beings of free choice. So we're not seduced, we're not forced to do anything. We freely 
make choices on how things should be. So this is what I'm going to say. Final thoughts. You know, um, you know, we all have rights and choices, and, uh, and there's a little feeling of security in, in, those, in those rights and in those choices. Then suddenly, the possibility of social change might happen if we make the right choices and uh, use the right rights. Today, there is a less and less of a feeling that choice is actually related to social change. There has been a lot of debates in the domains of psychology, behavioral economics, and so on, on why do I feel or why do we feel so overwhelmed in, in front of choices? Follow me. I'm going somewhere. Like the choices, like what do we eat? Who do we date? What do we do? I'm, you ever hear people always say, I'm so bored. It's nothing to do. Well, go to Africa somewhere, and I guarantee you you're really going to be bored then. Mm. But, yeah, we're so bored. <laughs> um, oh, oh, girl, or homie, where you want to go at? There's so many places to go. So psychologists say have seen that overwhelming choices create the feeling of anxiety. So we choose what our minds are programmed to do um, and because of the anxiety that we feel. For example, people say, oh, vaccination is bad, but yet you go get your kids vaccine shots. Why? Because the image of not having your kids getting the vaccination shot looks bad. So we will rather submit to someone else's ideas versus our own personal convictions because we don't want to feel the anxiety of choosing against what someone else says is the right image. I'm moving forward. <laughs> um, um, in some sort of way, um, the ang- the choices that we we choose is to pacify other people. Um, so that's why when we go to like grocery stores and we go to the movie theaters and stuff, we're kind of like frozen and stuck in an indecisive mode because we have so many choices. Um, what is happening on the level of society uh, when we have an ideology which dominates the idea of choice at every level of our life, then suddenly the idea of choice becomes in a way in which capitalistic people think, or what we call capitalism today. Um, And that's based not only in consumption, but also in perception. Wow, that's deep. Capitalism is not just based on consumption, but also in perception. We try to appease the anxiety instead of embracing it. Um, we when we are afraid of other people's perspe- perception of us in regards to our choices, we invoke the need to be regarded by others as smart and cool instead of our self-confidence within ourselves to be smart and cool from our own point of view and standpoint. So if choices provoke anxiety, um, they do it for a couple of reasons. One, because we never make single individual choices. Every choice we make will affect someone somewhere somehow. So we choose what others are choosing to ease the pain of anxiety um, and lightens the load in social matters. And then secondly, um, um, we, we make our choices uh, so we can try to make the ideal choice of what's convenient uh, to us in the context of what other people call convenience. For example, if you have Sprint and your friend switched to AT&T, then all of a sudden you want a phone from AT&T. 
Why? What's wrong with Sprint? All of a sudden you have a problem with Sprint because your friends went to AT&T. It, it, it all stimulates back to perception. But then after we do those things, whether it's with cell phone providers, clothes, houses, cars, relationships, or et cetera, we always feel the same feeling of dis, dissatisfaction. And the reason why we feel dissatisfied is because the overall is that when you make a choice, it always involves a loss. When you choose one direction in life, you lose the possibility of the other direction. When you choose one spouse in life, you lose the possibility of the other spouse in life. So every time you make a choice, you are gaining something, but you're also losing the opportunity of something else. And a lot of people don't like rejection. A lot of people don't like loss because the society has built us in a capitalistic way that says gain, 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 gain. And so we look at loss as something negative and not positive. Mm -hmm. Unless society says, oh, lose weight and it's good. But if you lose money, then it's bad. You lose friends, it's bad. When all actuality, losing a friend could actually save your life. And I'm speaking from personal experience. Moving on, <laughs> we haven't been taught how to deal with loss. We haven't been taught how to deal with anxiety. So then we fear things like the ultimate loss, which is death, whether it's death to self, death to our mindsets, death to our religious belief, death to a social status or lifestyle. Choice isn't the problem. It's our ideology that's the problem. Instead of believing in ourselves to find happiness and beauty, we rather believe, believe in the belief systems of others. Wow, I'm going to say that again. That was so dynamic. Instead, the problem is not choice. The problem is ideology. Because instead of believing in ourselves to find happiness and beauty... We rather believe in the belief system of others and what they find happiness and beauty in. And so with that being said, let's think about it. Every choice that people have make around us, and even ourselves, if we were to be honest and to some degree, we make choices based upon the belief system of others, whether it's TV, media, our friends, our parents. But... To some degree, that's right, but some degree, that's wrong. Because if we are supposed to be, as you said, DT, self-confident, then what if that self-confident goes against what the crowd is doing? Mm -hmm. Now you're in a state of loneliness. And now you're in a state of being looked at as ugly because you're alone. You're not, the, the definition of ugly is the opposite of beautiful. You mean you're not pleasant to the mind. And we describe beauty and ugly to looks, but it's always going back to our mind. So it's the mindset that determines what the viewer is seeing to call beautiful. Mm -hmm. If you look, if a woman looks at a flower and says that's beautiful, a man can look at that same flower and say it's ugly. Why? Because it's not appealing to the intellect the right. same way it is to that woman. Right. So why is it when we make choices on what sexy is, some people say it's ugly and we've shy away from our own beliefs to go to the beliefs of others. What you are actually doing is you're committing emotional suicide. 
which is ultimately death to self. That's my final thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. DT, the floor is yours, and after that, Lady J. And DT, you speak on it, and then you promote anything you need to promote. Go ahead. Speak on it, what I just said, though. Thank you. You know, as we give up on ourselves, you know, every moment that we give up on, it chips away at our heart. It chips away at our soul. And maybe it's not that you have to conform to their reality, you know, the public's reality, but maybe they have to conform to yours. Who's to say that your reality is a better or not better than what the media is trying to shove down your throat? I wow. remember one time I was serving on a jury and the prelim- we took a preliminary vote and the vote came back 10 to 2. So, you know, am I just going to like go along with it just because 10 people are saying we need to vote this way? I felt so sure that the vote should go the other way that I was willing to like stay locked up in that room until I could convince more people to <laughs> just at least see my side of things. Right, so, right. Don't give up on yourselves. I mean, it's our gut reactions are very accurate, and we need to pay more attention to that. I I really do believe that. I I mean, you're saying, you know, the topic of today's show is what is beauty. I mean, if you were to go live on, on an island for 24 hours, I think you'd figure it out. I mean, you would figure out that, ooh, the sun rising tomorrow, that's beautiful. Mm. Oh, the fact that bugs didn't eat me, that's beautiful. The fact that an Mm -hmm. animal didn't come kill me, that's beautiful. You would define what is beauty and not, and you, and there are some times in life where you just have to shut the outside world off Mm -hmm. and really connect with yourself. And, you know, if it's not a, a desert island, but, you know, you could just go, just go take a drive by the lake or by the ocean or like, you know, I don't know what, where people live, but just go and just be with yourself for like four hours and not be influenced by all the noise that's going on around you. And maybe you'll come to what is beautiful for yourself. Wow. Yeah. And I I would say also when, when you were speaking, Randy, at the end, I wrote down popularity. Right. Right. And, Linda, you said, you know, conform to your own reality, and that's the problem. We're so worried about what's popular that we're not conforming to our own reality and what's true to ourselves. So if we stand out from trying to be popular, we can be conformed to who we really are and what that true beauty on the inside or on the outside, not us on the outside, but the outside, what that really looks like. Wow. Listen, DT, real quick, we got about two minutes left. I need you to promote your book, promote your website, let the world know how to find you, where to catch you at on Twitter, all that. Go ahead. Uh, All right. I have another offer for your listeners, and I'm going to hold this offer available for the next 24 hours. So that would be uh, tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern or 6 p.m. I'm sorry, 6 p.m. Eastern or 3 p.m. Pacific time. If they go and click on themensadvocate.com slash get it now and they can buy my book and then just send me an email that you've bought the book mastering women the definitive guide to understanding and being effective with women click on that it's all right there all they have to do is click on it they buy the book mastering women i will send them this my second book for free 
So for the women, uh, I'll send the ladies' book, and for the men, I'll send my my uh, business men's book over there. So, um, yeah, just uh, click on themensadvocate.com for the next 24 hours. Get it now. Um, if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter, DT4M. That's Dating Tips for Men. Um, and... Uh, what else do I need to tell? Oh, I also do coaching. I do life coaching, one-on-one coaching. You can talk about uh, dating issues, relationship issues, personal issues, business issues, career goals, or maybe you have a lifelong struggle or a roadblock that you're dealing with and you finally once in a while for all want to get rid of that roadblock. Um, I have a very effective method that in a very short amount of time, just a couple of sessions, we can take that roadblock out of your way and you can keep on going to your goal. So all that's on my website. You can you can look at the coaching wow. packages as well. Listen, get her stuff. I'm telling you, you can change your life. Listen, DT, you know yes. we got to do it again soon. We have to do it again. I love having you on my show. Um I know you're busy. I know you got your own life going on, but I'm going to demand your presence once again, and I'll hit you up with the details <laughs> and stuff. Um, Lady J, thank you always for being my co-host on here. Ladies and gentlemen, September 8th, I'm having a meeting for the black community. Come out. Check me out. We're going to discuss our future. Um, this is not uh, to build hate towards white people or police or anything like that. It's We need to get together as a community and find out what we need to do for the next generation because our generation, yeah, we just need to figure out what we're going to do for our kids and our kids' kids and so on. If Martin Luther King had a dream, then, baby, I got a vision, and I'm going. I'm not going to turn back until it's fulfilled. I need y'all support, um, and that's including anybody, man. September 8th, I'm going to get the details out on Twitter, Facebook. DT, thank you. Lady J, thank you. We're going to ride out with this beat. I believe in heaven more than hell. Blessings more than jail. When you get a love with a story to tell, I see the glory and well. The world waiting for me to yell. I have a dream. I got a dream. One thing. We gonna work it out. We gonna work it out. It's the last few days to play the Monopoly Collector Win Game at Bonson Pavilions. Play now through May 3rd, and you could still win incredible prizes, including a million dollars cash, a vacation home, and more. Look for products with the Monopoly Collector Win tags throughout the store. Score bonus tickets when you buy participating items, and collect game tickets for your chance to win a brand new car, a home makeover, or a trip of a lifetime. Play now while ticket supplies last. See game rules at playmonopoly.us. Monopoly is a trademark of Hasbro and is used with permission.